Smooch to the new John Solo. Long ago, in a galaxy far, far away, the Star Wars saga began, and Kenner continues the excitement. Star Wars figures. The Empire Strikes Back turn of the Jedi. Welcome to the Star Wars Collector's Archive podcast. It's the Cast. Newest news on oldest toys, from bubble bath to belt buckles. 12 packs to 2 packs. New boss, Alien Bounty Hunter. From the, from the, from the, from the, from the Star Wars collection. Watch out, Black Vader! We bring the world of vintage Star Wars memorabilia alive! With informative features and personal collecting stories. Offer expires December 31st, 1979. An Octavito with Tempest The Supreme Master, the Emperor. Brought to you by the Star Wars Collector's Archive. The SWCA.com. With your hosts, Sky Payne, Steven Chewbacca, 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 and Stephen B. Denley. I've got you now, Ben Kenobi. Star Wars Early Bird Certificate Package, new from Kenner. Kenner's Star Wars action figures, each sold separately. All right, Wampa Wampa, everybody. Welcome to the Kivecast for February 2011. That's right, my name is uh, we are. Sky Payne. I'm here with the Chick Hearns of Star Wars Broadcasting. <laughs> Steven, anything but silent Danley? Uh, that's right. <laughs> that, that's how you describe yourself. I don't yourself. know if I can match Chick Hearn, though. Oh, sure you can, Steve. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a lonely pirate here, Steve. I'm alone in the apartment. And, oh, man. Uh, do you know where my family is? <laughs> no, no, you hadn't told me. They're in Goleta. Are you serious? I am dead Man, serious. Man, I should have brought them over to the house. <laughs> I know. Yeah, they're, they're staying with some friends there. It's uh, spring break for my for everybody but me. So oh, uh, I, get, no... I get to hang out all by myself. I've been making myself uh, French bread pizzas. And then I, uh, I, I open up a can of sardines and I put them on top of the pizza. Yeah. <laughs> and I haven't done the dishes. Are you still snowed in? No, no, it's actually pretty good. Everything's kind of kind of melted out a bit. It's kind of uh, de okay. de de but uh, right. Well, it's funny you say that because we got snow here, like on Saturday. It's wait, ridiculous in, in Santa Barbara. <laughs> wow. Well, above Santa Barbara, the mountains above Santa Barbara. Oh, okay. So. We got hail down here though. So. <laughs> well, that's closest that's, thing. That's close enough. Yeah, but it's yeah. it's nice, you know. I'm I'm excited to talk to somebody, Steve. I, I got to be honest. <laughs> I've been so lonely. <laughs> oh man, uh, isolation can be unhealthy, my friend. <laughs> it can be, but uh, yeah. So this is the 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 beginning of our twelve back series, and yeah, I'm uh, excited for this. Yeah, we're going to launch into to Luke. Uh, now, now, do you call him Tatooine Luke or Farm Boy Luke? Um, to be honest. For me, it's always just been original Luke. I, I never really fell into either camp. I just kind of went with Luke. <laughs> He's the original Luke. I don't know. That, that, yeah, that, That's respect to the original 12. Well, uh, I, I, <laughs> I, I tried to have a theme to my, uh, my movie observation this month. Okay. I figured you would. Well, you know me. I like to tie things together. And uh, <laughs> I was thinking, like, what's my favorite Luke line? And the problem is... When we think about the movies now, we think about the totality, right? But right. when I think about my favorite Luke line, it doesn't work that well when you know that he's Leia's brother. But my favorite line <laughs> of Luke is two words, Steve. I care. <laughs> I care? You know what I'm talking about? I care. About? Oh, man. That's, 
That's heavy. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> I know exactly what you're talking about. So Leia's all like, I wonder if he, he, your friend's quite a mercenary. I wonder if he cares about anybody or anything. And then there's a beat, and Luke's uh, all like, I care. Your friend is quite a mercenary. I wonder if he really cares about anything or anybody. I care. And Steve, <laughs> I, I don't know what kind Basically of Basically a desperation call. I don't know, man. <laughs> exactly. I don't know what kind of luck you've had with the ladies, but uh, I, I often fall into the thing of being like, I'm going to emasculate myself and tell you how caring I am while you fall for the bad boy. I mean, every single time. <laughs> so, it's a tough card to play, man. I, I don't know. It is. I can't. You can't say it with that whiny voice, though. You got you to gotta say it deeper, I think. You can't. <laughs> no, you just yeah. got to say, I don't Luke. care. Yeah. Oh, that works, too. Yeah. But there's just something about that back when. Very good. Before you knew there was no chance for Luke, you know, you can really, at least in, in high school or whatever, especially middle school, just relate to that pathetic, I care. But, yeah, that's, uh, uh, that's my, do you have a, a good favorite, choice? Do you have a favorite Luke line or? Oh man. Um, that's a tough one. Yeah. Uh, it's hard I'm to, have to be think a... about this for a second. All right. Well, if you have a, I, I don't want to go with like the classic ones. I, I think I'll, I'll pass because I, I, I couldn't do it justice without just falling into the ones you always hear. But I like yours. That, that, yeah. <laughs> that's good. Because that's the essence of the, the true Luke inside all of us, you know. Right. It, it's not the cool guy <laughs> at the end of Jedi who's like, you know, killing Vader and messing with the Emperor. No, it's the no. guy who's like, oh, no. I care. <laughs> oh, man. Yes. So, yeah, so we got, we got, a, got a pretty big episode. Uh, I thought that we should have the theme of of love right it is that month ain't it yeah all right so uh, so speaking of love steve i just sent you this email uh let, let me know when you get it oh my god care bears uh, yeah all right steve so we'll, we'll let the audience know what this is what i found uh well i didn't find it it was from my trip last month to ron salvatore's house oh, okay and uh, he has that scrapbook of this i'm not going to call her crazy but let's call her eccentric lady who uh collected every single reference or every single anything in any newspaper of Star Wars. Oh, that's right. That's and the, right. The cool thing is she's from Modesto, which is, of course, where uh, where Lucas is from. So right. what this picture is, it was a commercial for a uh, for Halloween costumes. And what you have <laughs> is Wicket, and leaning on him is a Care Bear. <laughs> Oh, that is awesome. And That's I don't know great. about you, Steve, but to me that just says love. Like, why not? <laughs> why wouldn't a Care Bear and a Wicket love each other, Steve? Why won't you let them love each other? No, there's no reason not to. Right, just say let it be. Let just it be. <laughs> let it be, you know? Just <laughs> Proposition Ewok. Just let it go. So... <laughs> Yeah, that's I, great. Yeah, so that, that's the theme of love. I think you could even make a little heart around that. You know, our, our yeah. Audience... I was just gonna say that, that you may have to do that if you put this in the show notes. You gotta, you gotta <laughs> frame that with a with a nice Valentine heart around it. I, I don't know which Care Bear it is, but uh, our, uh... is that even? It's, it says it's Cheer Bear, but I honestly don't remember what. I don't know if that's yeah, a real one or not. No, that's they have, a real one. They have kid arms, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a cheer bear. So, cheer bear okay. and wicket uh, in love uh, forever. You will not hear the sounds of Lobart because he has a hundred and three temperature. Oh boy, that's that's not good, man. <laughs> no, it, it fried all the circuits in the computer that's attached to his brain. <laughs> I was just I about was about to say that. 
Well, with that behind us, Steve, why don't we blast into the news, huh? Sounds good. All right. Oh, damn. Joe just posted his bootleg limelight. Uh oh. <laughs> we'll have to get to that next month. It's Kenner's news. It's Kenner's news. All right, Steve. So as as far as the news goes, not so much as there was last month, but there's been uh, a little bit here and there. Uh, one thing uh, I think we can maybe start with is, as you know, I listen to a lot of podcasts, and uh, I found yes. a, a mention of vintage in a podcast that I listened to. Oh yeah, which which one was that? It's uh, it's called Jay and Silent Bob Get Old. So, <laughs> that's the name of the podcast? <laughs> yeah, that's the name of the podcast. It's uh, Kevin Smith right on. and Jason Mewes, okay. Jay and Silent Bob. Oh, right on. And right. Uh, they, they talk about how Jason Mewes, when he was a kid, he used to just like play with Star Wars toys and never, uh, never follow the script, but Kevin Smith would always follow the <laughs> script. So uh, okay. we're going to play the clip here. I apologize for the many jumps. Those guys swear so much. Like, and they just slip it in at the end of a sentence and stuff, and like here and there. It doesn't yeah. even make sense. So I had to edit it so well, we, could, we could keep our clean status. But yeah, That's let, all right. I kind of forget with the podcast, they can kind of do whatever they want, huh? That's right. So, <laughs> so could we. We could say, you know, bantha poodoo as much as we want. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so so why don't we uh, have a listen to, uh, to Jay and Silent Bob talk about vintage Star Wars toys. Well, see, I never followed the script, but I remember you saying that you used to set up, you and your, your neighbor would set up mm-hmm. the Star we Wars and do scenes. Movie, yeah. We ne- See, me and my buddies would never do the scenes. We would just be like, look, these guys are going to kill these guys, and, we're gonna be, and we'd set them up, and we'd have them like, slide in with like yarn with their feet out, and we would just play our own little thing. You were like the crazy neighbor boy in Toy Story. Yes. <laughs> like Sid. Oh, yeah. You're like, like Sid, Sid on fire and all that. That's how we would play. I never thought of I doing scenes. I see you scenes. with a mouthful of braces now. <laughs> Snooch to the new John Solo. I As ne- you burn them. really never thought of, of playing out scenes because I, I don't know. I just I wanted to make up my own little That's creative. Story. That's really cool. Me, I was just like, it's not part of the canon. No, you said. You would say, you'd be like, he doesn't die right there. Yeah. He dies like, after Leia walks in. And you're like, grab- it don't count because it was in Splinter of the Mind's Eye. So, <laughs> so but how would that be not anything about it how would it be fun because if you're playing the millennium falcon and, and and han solo and luke and stuff and you know you go in and Jabba's sitting in there he's like han solo give me the money and he's like <laughs> <laughs> remember when Jabba's like yo give me the money you owe me and he's like look i'm gonna go get some money in star wars remember they added i just it. i just want to hear your your oh, job impression yeah. again but he was like, Cock, I, just got, um, I, <laughs> the first time was more like, Han Solo, give me the money. <laughs> <laughs> and starring Johnny Depp as Jump of the Hutt. <laughs> but, so if you set up that thing and Jabba, you already know what's going to happen. So I'd be like, look, I'm going to be Jabba, but I know you're going to come in. You're going to step on my tail. You're going to walk around me. Yeah. You're going to get in the Millennium Falcon. You're going to take off. Yeah. <laughs> so I just played that for Steve. Pretty cool, huh? Oh, that was great. 
Uh, Maybe we uh, should do it in front of a live audience sometimes, Steve. I don't know which one of us is Jay and which one of us... I guess you're silent but bobbly. I guess, yeah. (laughs) But the joke is that Kevin Uh, Smith never shuts up. I mean, that guy never shuts up, even though he's silent bob. uh, That figures. (laughs) Did did you uh, stick to the script when you were doing uh, Star Wars toys or... No, no, not at all. I mean, some things I would, but for the most part, I didn't even have the main characters, so I couldn't really do the script. <laughs> right. <laughs> I just kind of made stuff up. Uh, right. But, uh, Obviously, if you have the B-Wing I pilot. Long, I longed to. I, I did have it. The B-Wing pilot was Luke, so that was the only character I had, but right. I, I longed to do the script. I just kind of had to make stuff up on my own. <laughs> yeah, that, so. that was pretty much me, too. He had sort of all the figures were broken and... You just kind of had to mix it together, you know, because what are yeah, you going to do? Like, yeah, yeah uh, well, what do I do with this land speeder? Uh, I don't know. I guess it's on Endor now, <laughs> you know? Yeah, exactly. I, I just remember I had a, a snow speeder that would always be on Endor because I didn't have any snow <laughs> in right. Santa Barbara. So I just went to the backyard and that was that. Was that so <laughs> yeah, just well, kind of what kids Exactly, yeah. I Actually, I found it really weird, Kevin Smith thing about being exactly movie accurate. <laughs> But uh, <laughs> I guess that's what makes you a uh, a director, right? So on our list of news, Steve, what do you think we should cover next? Um, let's see, the giant museum cased vehicles. Oh yeah, continuation of the U grade controversy. Or yeah, this this is kind of blow- like mind blowing. I didn't think anyone would ever do that. <laughs> yeah, well, so let's let's uh, we'll provide a link to it. But why don't, why don't you describe what it is, Steve? Sure. Um, so he sent me this link, and uh, it's got it's a Y-wing that actually didn't belong to the original poster, but then a B-wing that that did. But they're U-graded, loose vehicles, and they're big. You know, they're, they're the two two of the biggest uh, fighters or whatever, and they're in these massive acrylic cases. And I mean, they to me when I saw it, I immediately thought it kind of looked like a like if you go to one of the celebrations, you see one of the ILM models in a right. museum case. I'm like, whoa, <laughs> what is that? And then I, it took me a second. Then I scrolled down and you see that uh, they're given U grades, which is just it just seems kind of weird to me. But uh, I mean, I think they look cool, but um, I can definitely see the uh, the ethical debate creeping into this immediately. <laughs> right, because I, I mean, I think they look awesome. I mean, I can't. Yeah, I, I, can't I mean, front. Yeah. I, I love the way they look. You know, the the loose vehicles encased. It's it's really neat because it's how do you keep those things dusted and right? How, how right. do you display them flat? You know, I mean, I, I've seen that with your yeah. collection, Steve. You have a great viewing collection, but you, I mean, it's, it's really hard to display them loose. Yeah, it, they definitely is. I mean, these. I mean, from like a an archivist's point of view, it's like the ideal <laughs> i mean if you could actually do this it's great but yeah. then you have that question of is do you really need to open up one that's sealed to do this i'm you know and people are saying that you have plenty that are still in the box and unused that would be just as fine but and that's where the whole uh debate comes through but i i do agree with you they look they look really cool they look great and to be fair i don't know i mean i i know there are lots of loose vehicles i mean i, I just yeah. could be ignorant because i don't look for vehicles but I don't see that right. many loose yeah, vehicles even... where the decals are are nice. Like I, I do see right. those coming off, and I, I don't condone it in this case because obviously a U grade is U grade, and I don't like them. 
But uh, yeah, it does seem to be a little bit less certain to me than you know r- ripping off a Death Star droid or something. Yeah, well, what was interesting to me is with the the guy's B-wing, he was saying that AFA called them about the stickers, saying that they didn't want to apply them because they they were too old and they might just fall off. Which right, <laughs> it's it just kind of raises the question: is if if it doesn't have the sticker on it yet, should you really put them on, or you know, all that all that kind of comes to play, but. Yeah, that's I mean, dodgy. I don't Putting know. the stickers on yeah. is dodgy. Yeah, yeah. And I think there was a comment in here that that Y-wing actually had a sticker put on upside down by FA, which I thought was kind of funny. But well, they are the experts, uh, Steve. Yes, um, that is now right but side I, up. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, no, I, it's it's true. Loose vehicles—they're really my, the ones I have. They're all beat to hell, and they're, I just got them kind of cheap at comic shops and stuff. I've never actually gone out to search for, um, you know, pristine, you know, mint loose vehicles. I'm not really sure how people go about it. Um, right, but, I know but, people but hey, like their sealed stuff. You know, if you're, a, if you're a vehicle collector out there, and it is actually not that hard to find mint or near mint vehicles, send us an email at uh, kivecast at gmail.com because uh, we don't, we don't want to – just because we don't know something – it you know, doesn't mean we yeah, don't want exactly. to say it right. But, uh, right. You, you see that, Steve? I threw out our email address. Yes. Like the, the new – is it working? <laughs> yeah. I know. So, yeah, it's <laughs> kivecast at gmail.com. Yeah, it's working. We'll, there we we'll, go. We'll, we'll get to that in the uh, in the show notes. But, Sounds um, good. Yeah, and then the, as far as the U-grade debate goes, a uh, friend of the Kivecast, Bill Cable, started up a new series of uh, web cartoons. Have you seen those, Steve? I did. It was uh, <laughs> the oh. one that I had seen was the one about the Klaatu, right? Yeah, he he goes a little <laughs> bit far. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, we, we we love Bill, but uh, you know, um, subtlety and 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 delicate fine uh, subtlety is not a strong point. Let's just put it that way uh, when it comes to uh, <laughs> expressing his opinion. And he definitely yes. comes across very strongly against the the U grade, but uh, it, it's very funny because he gets into this. It's the his main character who gets into an argument with a U grader, <laughs> who says that uh, he has an extremely rare U ninety five, and uh, and and the the hero says rare. It's a U Klaatu skiff. And, uh, <laughs> and they just kind of keep on going. And, and he says sort of everything that most people think. And uh, the thing is, the way that, that Bill draws it, though, I mean, the guy gets so angry. It's just crazy. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then, like, he winds up, like, almost killing the guy. I don't know how far you got in it. but uh, I didn't get to the end all the way. Um, but <laughs> he, he gets so angry, he, he, he cracks the Klaatu skiff over his head. And there's just blood everywhere. I'm not kidding. There's like I'm blood everywhere. There. I'm, I'm getting there. He's like, oh, God, oh, I man. think I killed him. And actually, good job, Bill, on the foreshortening for the above shot. of. Uh, it's actually quite, quite a well-done drawing. But then uh, he realizes he's going to dispose the body in the U cases, which, you know, it's, it's a bit vicious, but uh, that's pretty funny. And, uh, and then, of course, he wakes up and everything's fine and he just uh, – but yeah, so sort of two the the debate goes on, Steve. I don't know why we ever thought about having another kind of debate. No, that seems to be the perpetual one. <laughs> and as far as uh, as threads that I I found kind of fun, uh, I also sent you the thread about a new collector who asked if a uh, 
if a B-Wing <laughs> pilot was real. And, yes, and why, I'm so sad I missed this one. <laughs> why was he asking if it was real, Steve? Uh, man, because he thought the price seemed way too low. Right, he's and, like, uh, <laughs> how can this like very good condition, power of the force figure only be $30? And, and what figure was it, Steve? <laughs> It was the one and only B-Wing pilot, of course. <laughs> That's right. So I just love it. all the responses. Uh, yeah, it's real. Just a low-end figure. You're fine. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah. Oh, uh, hey. You really hit the nail on the head about the, the KB sticker because that's actually where I got my B-Wing pilots was through KB when they were a dollar, just like that. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, it's, it's got the KB mark down. Uh, to a dollar. I yeah. think at some point the, the B-Wing pilot may go under the dollar mark. You may be able it, it could. to lose it, money it, on that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm such a jerk. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, it, dude, I love it. <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll we'll include a link to that. And uh, I think I'm book- I got to I got to save that. <laughs> yeah, it's great. I don't understand it. Why is it only $30? Well, yeah. Yeah, and I, I why not get to our uh, our features, right? Cuz then we can kind of get more into the yeah, more Lukey stuff. Um I think yeah, sounds good. some of the news will come up across the features. Uh, so okay. let's uh, – which one should we do first, Steve? Market Watch? Um, sure, we can do Market Watch. One dollar flicks. Market Watch. As always, the Market Watch is brought to you by Silent But Danley, uh, who's done some research here. And again, we're just using the, the first 12 figures as kind of a loose framework, as, as Lobart suggested. We're not going too crazy with it, but just kind of as a way to narrow down what we're doing. So, Steve, what did you find for the Luke Farm Boy? So we go through here, and uh, I figured I'd try and get a little bit of everything, um, uh, starting with the uh, the twelve backs, which uh, found a couple examples, um, the twelve back B and C, and unfortunately the only ones I couldn't find non graded ones for those, but just as a another uh, benchmark, I guess there was an AFA seventy five twelve back B that sold for eight hundred dollars, which is a uh, that's Noteworthy, um, and yeah, then so, the so twelve back C was four fifteen. So twelve back B, that's not so double telescoping or anything. That's just a, a standard loop. Uh, yeah, for, right. Eight hundred right. bucks. It's a standard huh? loop for eight hundred bucks for uh, AFA seventy five. Huh, so I, I'm trying to. I need to maybe look at it closer to see if there's something that I'm missing. But um, I don't know. It's it's just the. the the blonde Luke on a 12 back B AFA 75. So, right. Um, go figure. Right. uh, And then the the 12 back C is $300 less than AFA 80. Less. And it's, yeah, it's got a better grade on it. So, um, again, it's just a, just a kind of peek in at what's going on with these figures. Um, and then you move up to the 21 backs, which had the uh, secret figure sticker on there, and that was an AFA 60, which I don't think I've ever actually seen a figure graded that low before, but that one sold for 202 bucks. Huh. Um, oh, I see. And, uh, it's, it's got the, the secret figure offer sticker on it. Sticker on it, yeah. And uh, yeah. from what it looks like, the you know, for a carded figure, it really ain't that bad. Um, uh, well, you know, I think it's presentable. Right. Um, yeah, well, I guess it's uh, 60 because with the bubbles 
lifting or something? I think or? it's uh, yeah. I think it's because of the card, the uh, creases and stuff on the card. But right. um, yeah, it presents well. Yeah, I think it looks fine. But uh, uh, and then also, I guess you know, there's loot collectors out there. The uh, the you know how they change the photos for a lot of the Return of the Jedi versions of them, and the uh, alternate I? photo of Luke has. <laughs> uh, the you got the Luke as the uh, the gunner on there, and that one that one wasn't created, and that sold for one ninety two. So oh, that's that's a kinda beautiful card. A little more down to earth. Yeah, it, it's a cool, very cool uh, card back. You know, um, I was thinking it's funny because Chewbacca went from gunner to Endor, and then yeah, Luke kind of went from like you know just standing somewhere to gunner. Being in action, yeah. <laughs> yeah, being in action. Actually, speaking of Market Watch, do you remember what the original art of that sold for? Uh, for the Luke Gunner? Yeah. Uh, you know what? I have I have no idea. I, I think I missed it. Uh, uh, how t- long ago was that? Uh, I mean, it was there when, uh, about six years ago. It was there in 2004, and uh, okay. it was priced at 5000 Wow. Yeah. Uh, Which, there's uh, no telling what it could uh, could get now. It's, yeah. it's crazy. It's a beautiful piece of art, and uh, I mean, I guess it makes sense that it wasn't. It was only used for Return of the Jedi, and it wasn't that right. prevalent of a card art. But I mean, you can tell just an ungraded Return of the Jedi card going for almost two hundred bucks. That that shows the love of that figure. <laughs> and then we got the variations, Steve. Yes. Now let's have a little disclaimer here. Uh, I. On a rank of 1 to 100 on variation expertise, I rank myself probably about a 7. How about you? Uh, I'm probably around the same. Um, yeah, we're, we're not variation dudes. But uh, in this market watch, we you found what? You found three different Lukes with three different hair yeah. colors. Yes, and uh, two of them sold and one of them uh, is, I guess... I don't think it did sell. It had a buy it now or a best offer. Um, all right, well, let's but, start uh, with the cheapest one, the blonde hair. All right, we'll start with the cheap one. Blonde hair, Luke. Uh, it was a loose figure in, in good condition, and it sold for 41 bucks. Wow. Um, yeah, I mean, I was I was surprised just by that. Because um, I, I guess it's because I haven't bought loose figures in a long time. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I haven't bought loose figures since uh, 1983, so... <laughs> Um, so then you, you move up to the brown hair, uh, and that one sold for eighty two fifty. And so that that's and more I, rare. And you more know, rare. I, we've done a little bit of research, Steve, and by a little bit I mean wow, that was not much research. But uh, <laughs> if anyone wants to to kind of chime in here, uh, kivecast at gmail dot com. As far as I can figure, the brown hair <laughs> were mostly like uh, with no uh, country of origin, so most likely I guess tri logo. Or uh, okay. know, like foreign, maybe Palatoy, uh, made figures. Which, if okay. you really think about it, all Luke's should be brown haired because dude's got brown hair. But anyways, <laughs> and then and then what's yeah. the the white whale of Luke hair? <laughs> the white whale uh, is <laughs> the orange hair. <laughs> nice. And uh, yes, um, and uh, the one that I found here uh, had a listing price of. Six hundred dollars. Um, now I, I knew you had told me they sold for hundreds, but uh, yeah, that's. I mean, wow. <laughs> so yeah, it, I, there I you have it. I don't fully understand. It. I remember reading on a thread somewhere that the orange hair were only released on forty-one backs. Okay. Something kind of obscure like that. Uh, you know, that's 
Let's really rely on our listeners, Steve. This can be part of our uh, our feedback on the next episode. Yeah, uh, I, I fully agree. Because I'm interested, you know. I mean, I, I imagine yeah. there's some debate as to whether or not the orange-haired Luke is real or whether or not it's a real variation. Um, yeah. And what it yeah, is. What, what, yeah, what kind of blows my mind about these two is that, like you were saying, people can pinpoint which specific card back they were, you know, put on so i mean it's the level of detail with all these things is just kind of over my head i'll be honest I, right i uh i'm not i can't dig that deep yeah but, uh, it's, it's, it's funny because i have a tolerance for a lot of details but some details i just i can't i can't process and that's uh th- those are some that i yeah. can't and then what's going to lead us into uh vintage vocab uh i believe you also uh found an early bird set right Yes, yes. There was a complete early bird set with uh, a loot that has the double telescoping lightsaber, and uh, it's sold for 700 bucks. Did and, you say um, DT Luke? We let them folks change our vocabulary. Change our vocabulary. Okay. Steve, what is a DT? Is it does it mean like the <laughs> detox shakes, like Jay from Jay and Silent Bob gets when he isn't on enough oxycontin? <laughs> not quite, not quite. <laughs> Sorry, that's what um, most of the podcast well, is about. It's about him going through a detox. So, oh <laughs> uh, no, 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 we're not going to go there this time. Um, no. <laughs> double, well, uh, no, no, no. Double telescoping is is the uh, the full the full word for DT and oh, okay. uh, <laughs> um, and I guess you know when we're talking about this, just the, uh, the three figures from the first twelve that uh, had the lightsabers originally had what they call double double telescoping lightsabers, which uh, basically you had the regular um, part of the lightsaber that extended, and then a second part inside that also extended. And I guess. They stopped doing it pretty early on because the production cost was just too high, so they just went with a single piece uh, lightsaber just to you know make things simpler. But they're uh, very rare, and I think what I recall the Luke is uh, I think the more common of the three because right. of it's being an early bird uh, package. But um, they're definitely I mean I remember when I really started to get into collecting. This is one of the first things I would kind of see pop up everywhere. I'm like, what the heck is that? And uh, you know, I, I think they're very interesting historically, but I, I've never actually – I don't think I've ever actually seen one in person, believe it or not. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I, I so. know I have, but I, again, it's kind of out of my uh, – I just I don't, I don't I don't look for them, so I don't really see them. Mm-hmm. But uh, Right, I'm, I'm kind of in the same boat with you there. But then um, there, there's lots of different kind of vocabulary that goes along with DT. Uh, I wanted to talk yes. about sometimes people see the word revalve, uh, revalve right. it or revalve IT. And that was uh, a famous reproducer of uh, of double telescoping lightsabers. So if you ever see right. Valve, that's what that makes reference to. I wasn't around for the whole scandal or the whole hullabaloo. Uh, yeah, and neither was I. I. I wasn't really that active, I mean, on on the forums or in the community at, at that point either. So I was actually just kind of going back and checking it out today, and I, I didn't get too deep into it, but. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I guess he was a you know prominent uh, guy who did uh, reproductions, and I guess he doesn't do them anymore, from what I gathered. I, I didn't have a have a chance to really 
uh, dig deep with it. But if you ever see that, uh, that's that's kind of what it refers to is that kind of style or uh, of reproduction. Right. And then the final one is mushroom tip. Steve, what's up with a mushroom tip? <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> a mushroom tip, man. Right. <laughs> in in regards to double telescoping lightsabers. Yeah. I I, I really don't know. I, that one is right over my head, man. The early prototypes had like a mushroom tip, which was like the very oh, end. Oh wait a minute! Wait a minute! A oh wait a minute! I think I know what you're talking about. It's is does Matthias have one of those in his in his run? Yeah, yeah. Or something. So, so okay. The very end, they have a, little, <laughs> Just... a mushroom tip. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. Jeez, Steve. Yeah. Can't do anything with you anymore. <laughs> yeah, just like a little a little oh. a little nub at the end. So that that's what a, a mushroom tip is and at least that's what it is when you talk about lightsabers. So that was both the end of our uh vintage vocab and the end of our uh market watch. So that, that that's pretty good, Steve. I mean we we got a pretty good range, uh from the seven hundred dollar <laughs> uh early bird set to the you know, the Eight hundred dollar twelve back. I mean, that's yeah. And then you got the the forty dollar loose figure. So right, it's uh, it's all over the place. But yeah, it's definitely one of those figures that you you know, it's you know, recognizable just about anywhere. I think most people would know what it is if they saw it. So right, which is funny that that brings us right into our our limelight of the month, which uh, which I don't even know if I'm gonna do the the drop because I get so much. Uh, hell every time i i do too many drops <laughs> not enough drops but uh, uh it's, it's all good man you, you gotta you gotta segment it somehow <laughs> that's true um but that actually you always can't... do a truncated version of it that's true it'll be, it'll be like lime look lime. and then it'll be cut yeah but uh it's actually our old friend matthias steve and I was going to interview him, but I'm sick of talking to that guy. <laughs> right? Uh. He, he's so helpful. He's got such a great collection. It's like every single week I'm calling him up and putting him on the show. You've got to draw a line. one thing or another, yeah. you got to draw a line somewhere, Steve. Yes. But, okay. uh, no, actually, I, I would really like to talk to him, but I did, I did feel like you know it, was, it might have been too much. But he, he highlight – he limelit his – uh, Luke Farmboy collection, and uh, we'll include a uh, a link to that. And uh, I, I haven't even responded yet because uh, I'm still trying to process it. What, what I didn't understand, Steve, was that everything that was in the book, the prototype book, mm-hmm. was in his collection. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's kind of funny in retrospect. Um, because I knew that Matthias collected stuff for for the original Luke, I just had no idea the extent of it. <laughs> I had no clue. Right, like he has the blueprint. Now this is this is what I'll tell you. Uh, we could even march this right into our uh, right into our limelight segment. I mean, right into our nugget segment. Because if you take your uh, your Gus and Duncan's guide, which you should all own, and uh, you turn to page twenty five. It all pretty much starts right there. I mean, this is his entire collection. You have his 12-back proofs. The quality control sample from the Star Wars era, I mean, that's just sick, Steve. That, yeah, that is quite amazing. I mean, you just don't see quality control samples from, from Star Wars hardly ever, do you? 
No, I mean, I, most of the things you think of are like the Empire Strikes Back figures or, or Jedi or Power of the Force figures. So it's it's uh, it's pretty remarkable. Right, and then and then we just we spent all this time talking about the 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 prune face blueprint, not knowing that this <laughs> month that Matthias has the actual Luke blueprint, uh, the the color spec blueprint. So that's also featured in it. And uh, yeah, that's. And we just went over the whole uh, lightsaber thing, and we got yet another thing, the the sprue. <laughs> yet another yes. vocabulary word, the sprue. Steve, what's a sprue? <laughs> well, when I see these, I just think of the old, you know, well, I guess they still do it now, but, you know, model kits. But uh, it's uh, uh, basically it's it's what the lightsabers came from when they were injected into, you know, with the plastic. And uh, it's, it's like a straight out of the, you know, like a, almost like a factory looking thing it's uh uh right so, so matthias has that. both parts of the double telescoping lightsaber yeah yeah that's right he has the inner inner part of the saber and the the outer part uh before they were assembled which is it's just crazy yeah and he's got the entire sprue just like you're you're assembling something so uh you know yeah. i'll i'll put on some some kind of uh you know abba sound bed here to make sure we know and uh, if you're out there listening, Matthias, of course we'd love to talk to you. But jeez, uh, oh, I'm sure you'll be back. Yeah, <laughs> he'll be back. Yeah, he'll be back. I mean, that's to say nothing of the first shots and all that stuff and all the proto molded. Proto mold. So, I mean, it's so it works out really well, Steve. I mean, what are the odds, right, that the month that we do Luke is the month that the greatest Luke uh, limelight ever shows up on uh, on Rebel Scum? It's it's perfect timing. It's perfect time. So, so listen out there, uh, the the rest of you. You know, make sure to time your limelights really well. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Who do we got next? Leia. Leia's the next one. Yeah, yeah. Leia's next. She's okay. uh, Luke is three eight one eight zero, and then Princess Leia is three eight one nine zero. Okay. As far as the assortment number. Quick, Steve. What's Akbar's assortment number? <laughs> <laughs> Bum, 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 bum. Uh, I know Chewie did it, 38210. That's, uh, that's memorized early. Well, Steve, that limelight, I mean, we're not going to find anything better than that on the archive. So for the nugget, let's go a little downscale. Now, this is one drop we have to hear start to finish. It is a nugget from the archive. Tis a nugget. Oh my god, they're gorgeous. From the archive. Oh my god, they're gorgeous. So I was thinking, uh, we got in some of our feedback that uh, we should maybe integrate some more of the non-Kenner stuff. Yeah, we gotta diversify a little bit. Gotta diversify a little bit. Uh, I, I'd actually like to diversify a lot. It's just a uh, yeah. <laughs> it's so hard not to talk about the toys, just because there's the most information and they're the most fun. But uh, let's see. What, what what I'd like to talk about here is some of the earliest imagery that I associate, and that all came from Burger King, or was it Burger Chef or Burger King? It was kind of both, right? You know, but, I I'm not sure. I. I've always heard Burger King, but I, I think was it once the Burger Chef and he just got promoted to King? That <laughs> <laughs> could be. Yeah, that's quite a promotion. <laughs> you know, you were working in the scullery, yes. but uh, we're just going to bump you up to sovereign ruler. 
Um, <laughs> I think they're two different. I mean, companies. if you make good stuff, you might as well, right? <laughs> right. Well, we'll see. Again, if you know the answer as to what the relationship is between Burger Chef and Burger King, please send an email. Gavcast at gmail dot com. That's right, Gavcast at gmail dot com, and that email is working. Uh, so yeah, so what I um, what I was thinking was just some of the early imagery. I I love the early imagery, the posters, and I love the uh, the the cups. Yeah, so what they have uh, on the archive is the promotional glass set, and again, these aren't particularly valuable. They're not like a double telescoping sprue. They're not a mushroom <laughs> tip. But uh, they, they've got really great visual power. Uh, tell us a little bit about them, Steve. All right. So according to this, we got uh, – these were, I guess, you know, for the first movie. And um, there was four of them all in all. And uh, we got these – the imagery is just – it's – way different than the other Burger King glasses that I think I'm more familiar with. Um, It it looks a lot more like uh, art compared to line drawings and stuff. But they're, uh, you know, I guess, like you were saying, they're not extremely valuable, but they're really neat. And I think, you know, for the people that collect the glasses, I'm sure everyone's got these uh, in their collection. Right. And they're just, the reason why I thought it'd be fun to pick these out is because it has some really great early... Luke farm boy or yeah. original Luke imagery. He's just got this look. Yes. And uh, I imagine most of you are familiar with it, but he's just looking off. And I've also included a link to the, the burger, the burger chef or burger King posters. Yeah. Um, yeah. And the Luke, which is the first <laughs> one of that. He's just got this look on his face. That's not the goofy kid. You know, I care. No. And, and it's not <laughs> quite the Luke that, that blows up the death star. He's just got this determination oh. on his face. Yeah. And, and, uh, and it's it's not the the He Man one either on the 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 poster. And no. This is just it, to me, it, <laughs> it's it's uh, I don't know. There's something kind of powerful about it, actually. Right, and you've got the floating uh, Obi Wan head. We already talked oh, about the, the early Christian imagery in Star Wars. That's that's right. <laughs> but yeah, I just these cups are great, and I mean, we often talk about how every Kivecast I drink from my uh, Burger King Emperor cup. But uh, at some point, I'm going to add the Luke cup uh, from from the from New Hope or from the first Star Wars movie in because uh, it's it's just great. And the the four set the four posters went along with four cups, and uh, they all have a kind of uh, just a really nice loose uh, drawing style. And uh, yeah, no, they're they're great. Reminds, um, reminds me. Of I can see bit. these on like T-shirts or something too, uh, but. It looked really nice. All right, so there was our uh, our humble little trip to the archive. Um, maybe with with Leia, we'll find something a little more fabulous. Who knows? Uh, I don't think no, they didn't make a cup for her yet. So we'd, we'd have to wait for uh, the Gamorrean guard to uh, hold back her arms and return the Jedi cup. <laughs> but uh, let's. Why don't we take a listen to our neighbor to the north, Steve? To Scott Bradley, uh, I recorded this just before we talked. That's why my voice is a little bit gone. Uh, just a great interview. Uh, lots of personal stuff. Uh, lots of things I'd never known before. Uh, like Steve, how long were the were the GDE uh, Canadian figures out there? Yeah, I have no idea. <laughs> yeah, how long were the shrink wrap figures out there? 
shouldn't be that long. <laughs> yeah, well, you're going to find out when you hear this interview with Scott Bradley on the International Let's Vintage World Tour. Oh, I'm afraid. Joe McDermott. J'ai bien peur de deflector sheep. Et l'escudo deflector. L'écran de protection will be quite operational when your tummy goes to Here with Scott Bradley, the uh, perhaps the finest ambassador from our neighbor to the north. How are you doing, Scott? Fine. How are you, Scott? I'm doing great. You know, we've done, uh, I think, what, two of these vintage world tours in uh, Japan and Sweden. And uh, looking so far away, now just across the uh, Lake Ontario, and uh, we're, we're in another country here. That's right. Not too far away. <laughs> no. Um, so, Scott, you're... You're pretty well known as one of the the big Canadian collectors. Uh, you've spoke at the last two celebrations, is that right? Uh, I think I've spoken since uh, the second celebration in Indianapolis. Oh wow! Okay, so that's uh, so it's been a while, yeah. Yeah, it's been a while, and you're also the the webmaster of the uh, Canadian Star Wars Galaxy. That's right. Which uh, I I love that site. It's kind of hard to give out the URL. That's that's the only problem. <laughs> yeah. <I have> <laughs> Yeah, it started a long time ago. I never, uh, I never really got uh, a shorter uh, name for this site, but uh, yeah, it's uh, it's grown a bit over the years, but uh, it's still very rudimentary and simple. It's not a lot like your flashier websites, but uh, it gets to the point. Yeah, well, it's got a lot of great stuff on there, and we'll uh, we'll go through it. I've, I've often looked at it as a, as a great resource. Yeah, great. Thanks. Yeah, so thanks for uh, agreeing to talk. As I told you last time, we we hadn't agreed time to talk, but I actually had curling practice. Oh, yeah, very good. Good to see uh, somebody else is picking up uh, the curling outside of Canada. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, up here in Hothchester, we uh, we like it pretty well, but I thought if anyone's going to accept that excuse, uh, it'll it'll be a Canadian. <laughs> <laughs> Tailor-made, way to go. <laughs> yeah, I didn't I didn't do very well. It's a little bit, little bit off my form. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so this is uh, our international uh, world tour, and I guess the way I'd like to do it is sort of kind of move from the, the movies backwards. Okay. Um, so, first of all, what are, like, what are your memories? Do you have any kind of Canadian-specific memories of the movies coming out? Do you remember, was there any kind of problems with seeing them before or after we could in America? Or, or what was that like for you, uh, experiencing that? Uh, the, the one I remember when it first came out, of course, is all fresh and new when Star Wars uh, first premiered in 77. But uh, here in Canada, it was the, the major cities like Vancouver, Toronto, Montreal, who had um, received the movie first, and uh, I think it was around July. And the smaller cities, like the ones I live in, uh, we didn't get it until later in the summer, until uh, later in July and August. And, oh, that's murder. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. So uh, I actually have a shot of one of our local uh, uh, theaters here, and on the marquee it says, at last. Star Wars, because obviously it had been hitting the papers and right. been hearing about these blockbusters and such, you know, since uh, late May, early June in the U.S., and, uh, you know, we were kind of on the outside looking in, waiting for this, eh, saying, wow, what's the, uh, wonder what the, the hype is all about this movie, and uh, it, it hit like a ton of bricks up here in Canada as well as uh, other countries around the world. Right, so, so you live, uh, you're from somewhere like in, in Ontario, or? Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm from Ottawa, Ontario, it's the okay. nation's capital. Of course. 
home of the uh, the Senators. That's right. We're playing as we speak right now, so uh, <laughs> we're not doing too well this year. But uh, no, uh, looking forward to next year. Yeah, I, I used to go up to Ottawa. Actually, like two or three times, I went up there. I drove up there, and uh, oh, is that right? Man, the most beautiful women in the world are in Ottawa. I, <laughs> I, I gotta say, it's a weird thing. I don't know why it is. One time, I was stuck up there with a friend of mine, and we were in the cold, and uh, we just went into this restaurant, kind of near the the Parliament or whatever you call it, uh-huh. and uh, they were just ah, it was weird. But it's like Castle Anthrax or something. Really? Yeah. Well, come back anytime. We yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, Winterloo. Actually, it's our annual. Uh, Winter fair that uh, we have it takes place over three weeks or so when uh, you know go skating on the canal have a beaver tail uh, it's uh, it's really great yeah unfortunately I'm I'm married and all that now so my uh, so oh there you go oh, you don't <laughs> want to be tempted with all the women up here no no <laughs> so do you uh, do you have any um, like particular focus or foci in, in your collecting uh, in general I think it's just the Canadian uh, toy line the Canadian Kenner stuff just in general. Uh, if there, if that could be called a focus, sure. <laughs> um, I started off. Uh, I remember when I kind of started getting back into uh, collecting in the late '80s, early '90s, and I just wanted to, you know, I fill some of the holes in my collection. And um, when I, I think Toy Shop was one of the magazines that really started it off for a lot of us. And uh, I didn't really have any specific uh, focus at all. It was basically on. The item, you know, like if I was missing a mini rig or something like that, I'd uh, I couldn't care less if it was Palatoy or you know Kenner in the U.S. or what have you, and just as long as I got the item. And then when I started getting the packaging, I noticed that there were often really significant differences between the different countries. Eh? So right, and I said to myself, you know, this isn't the way I remember these things uh, <laughs> being like either looking like or you know being released for like a certain movie. Like I don't remember in Canada ever getting this for Return of the Jedi, but I got it with Empire Strikes Back. So that kind of started things off for me down the path of the specifically Canadian stuff. Uh, right. And it was a bit of a, you know, since it was kind of homegrown, it was the stuff that I used to grow up with. So the nostalgic factors are real big thing for me for uh, for my collecting. So. Right. That uh, that really kind of spurred me on, and then over the years, it's just a, an ongoing learning process. You kind of share things with other collectors up here, and they'll share things that they've seen with you, and it's uh, it's 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 really engrossing. It really really drags you in, and it's funny growing up too. Like obviously, we didn't have the internet or anything like that to uh, to get news of new products that were coming out, so. We usually found out either one of two ways. One being with the little catalogs that came in the toys as to what was coming up. Of course. As well as uh, like Saturday morning cartoons when they would show the uh, the, uh, the commercials. So being so close to uh, the border, we get a lot of the Canadian cities get uh, the American feeds for the, the big three back then, the big broadcasters, NBC, CBS, ABC. Right. And you'd see a lot of the uh, the toys coming out, uh, you know, and say, oh, wow, I'll have to be on the lookout <laughs> for that. And it's funny, there were things like, say, like the early bird kit uh-huh. or, uh, off the top of my head, uh, some like maybe the movie cartridges for the uh, the movie viewer uh-huh. that would show them coming out. And you'd be waiting for them, and they would just never appear. You'd say, well, you know, I could have sworn I saw that. So <laughs> why isn't that coming out here? And we get... Other stuff, you know, like uh, the Palatoy version of the Death Star. Right. In in the in addition to the plastic Death Star up here, you'd be kind of scratching your head, saying, "Well, I've never seen this 
being advertised. I wonder what this is, you know? Right. And then when we go down to vacation to uh, the United States and we'd see, you know, that whole plethora of stuff down there and saying, wow, you know, I've never seen, you know, these uh, in the little catalogs at all. So you'd be, you'd be kind of, you'd have to kind of take things that you've seen on TV with a grain of salt saying, okay, well, this is coming from the U.S. and it, right. you may not necessarily get this stuff here. So yeah, I, I, I love that you, learning experience. I love that you guys got the Death Star because it, Kind of reminds you know what's the price of the American Revolution and breaking with the British and everything. Yeah, well, right. <laughs> we, we never got the chipboard Death Star, which I mean, it's worth it for our freedom and all that. But man, that's oh, a yeah. great toy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we were. I think uh, Canada was the only country to actually get both versions of the uh, Death Star. So we've got the plastic Death Star of the tower, and then we've got the the chipboard, the round one uh, as well. So yeah, so it's we had a we had a, we had a bad. choice when it came to our Death Stars, <laughs> right? <laughs> So uh, I was thinking it could be fun to go kind of film by film. Sure. Um, perhaps the most striking thing is, of course, the, the, the GDEs. You want to talk a little bit about those and, and your, uh, yeah. your travels with GDEs? Okay, yeah. That, uh, I think they came about as a result of uh, our bilingualism laws up here in Canada. Uh, there's a, uh, a law that states that we have to have both official languages printed on our packaging, so English and French. Of course. But um, when we got the packaging layouts, we got them from Kenner in the States. And uh, what happened when we first got the, the 12 backs, they largely mimicked what the design was in the U.S., but on the back, we didn't have the mail-in offer for the, uh, the stand. Okay. And what they just basically did was just take the text and convert it to, uh, to French, but they didn't put the, the actual title of the movie in French, so okay. it was English on both sides. Okay, so it said Star Wars so, on the front and Star yep, Wars on the back. Star Wars on the back, both in English. So what they did was, uh, those came out first, and then around uh, mid-summer or so, what they did was they you know, realized, I don't know whether or not they got the tap on the wrist uh, you know, by <laughs> the government or what, but uh, they reprinted the, the card backs with the Canadian uh, or the French version of the logo on the front. Right, which says and Guerre des Etoiles, which is yep, GDE in French. Right at the bottom, and then the English just on top. So that those came out for maybe about uh, six, seven months or so. Oh, that's it. Huh. And then, yeah, well, they weren't out for very, very long. I think that uh, that's why a lot of them are very, very difficult to find today. Of course. Because uh, then about, what, 1979 came along, and then the 20-backs came out, and the French version was on the back, and the English was on the front. So... Those uh, the twenty backs can replace the uh, the twelves, obviously from the previous years. Of so, course. yeah, those uh, so the the GDE twelve backs weren't uh, weren't available for very long at all. Now, now, when you say we and they, what you mean is uh, the the Irwin Toys uh, were the people who imported the toys, and, and they yeah, were the ones who right. also made the the card backs with the GDE on it. Do we know that? Yeah, exactly. So, uh, Irwin, what they uh, what they did, they were basically to be very very general. They were uh, importers of toys, okay. Because uh, there was no, uh, there's no company here that actually produced any of the toys. We just uh, imported them from uh, overseas, and then okay. Kenner, they had a, a joint venture with uh, Irwin Toy up here in Canada, who would be the distributors for them. Okay. So uh, basically, anything that was Kenner, it went through uh, Irwin. So not just Star Wars, but all the other lines as well. And um, so what they did was they just get all of the, the packaging designs from uh, either Kenner in the USA or the affiliates like Palatoy and uh, 
uh, and companies like that that, that right. were under contract by Kenner, and uh, they just add uh, some of the elements in French to uh, bilingualize the uh, the actual packaging, and out they went. Well, well, I mean, let's not sell Irwin short. Didn't they make the power play hockey, the rod hockey uh, games? Yes, they did. Yeah, that that was my favorite toy as a kid. It was uh, <laughs> Winwell power play hockey. I had the one from 1983, I think it was, because it was the wow, Flyers really, versus yeah. the Islanders. Man, and, that's taking uh, me back. Uh... Oh, man. I mean, I played that all the time. I used to I, – I was so cocky about it. I tell everyone that I could beat the inventor. That, that was my <laughs> line. Yeah. And everyone let me win. They really should have just beat me because I thought I was so good at that game. There so, you go. So Irwin Ir- is more than just Star Wars. They also made their own toys. Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> they had uh, – they've had the uh... – they they made their own toys early on, like in the, in the early uh, part of the uh, the twentieth century. But then they turned to they found that if they opened it up their business to other uh, toy companies by importing and distributing their their goods, they could uh, um, they could make more money that way. Right. Uh, but as the years gone had had gone by in the nineties and into uh, the new millennium, there were a lot of companies that were saying, "Look at you know why are we getting these guys to do the work for us? They just opened up." their own Canadian uh, uh, companies here. So that largely is what impacted Irwin to uh, to go out of business the first time. Right. Yeah, well, it's, you know, when I was in Toronto, uh, I visited with Jim McCallum, the, the guy who wrote the book, and he took me around to some of the old sites, and uh, I tried to put them up uh, on my website, and that was... <laughs> That was pretty fun. It was pretty cool to see where they did all that. And they, yeah, the old uh, factory has turned yeah. into uh, lofts now. I yeah. Mean, <laughs> uh, tough to see. how I, When I was down there not too long ago, I had uh, driven through it, and uh, it kind of breaks your heart to yeah. see or know what had actually gone in with those buildings inside, and uh, now it's all ripped out and converted into uh, but, but, yuppie, but still, uh, yuppie heaven. <laughs> but still, you could get an apartment there. And you could yeah. theoretically be in the same place where they made the GDE card backs. I mean, yeah, that, exactly. that's pretty cool. Exactly. You know? uh, there's a few of them, like Darth Vader, C-3PO, uh, and uh, Stormtrooper that you, you you often see. But it was funny. Uh, I was just talking to somebody the other day about this, and I remember picking up the R2-D2 itself for about uh, 80 bucks. Wow. When years ago there wasn't um, that much distinction placed on foreign uh, toys right? and uh, nobody was really going after them. So so then as far as uh, some other stuff that I saw from looking at your site from Star Wars, uh, I love the, the R2-D2 bop bag that you, oh, yeah, uh, yeah. That, that you feature on your site. So bop bags, in case you don't know what they are, they're like these inflatable uh, uh, bags that you can hit and they come back. And uh, I, I just, I love these. And what's really cool uh, is the R2-D2 from, from Canada. And what, what, what distinguishes it from other, uh, other items? That one, uh, uh, again, they had used the, uh, the American uh, layout of the, uh, of the box. Um, uh, early in the, in the early years, what they used to do was just overlay some of the English text or they would airbrush out, uh, I think, with all the American uh, cards they've got, like it meets product standard, something or other on the bottom. Uh, in Canada, that's an American standard, so we didn't have to comply with that. So a lot of our packaging had that airbrushed out. Right. And if you look really close at some of them, you can actually see just the uh, the remnants underneath the uh, the airbrushing where uh-huh. uh, where it originally was. But uh, yeah, what they did was in the uh, uh, some of the early packaging, what they did was they weren't really all that careful about uh, blocking <laughs> out some of the American uh, versions of the logo, and they just would take the French logo slap it over the top 
and you can and still see part of the right? American logo <laughs> just popping out in behind. Uh, so, uh, yeah, it was kind of, you almost think that they were trying to rush these things to market so fast that they just didn't have time or they didn't take the, they didn't take the time to do a lot of uh, quality assurance checks with these things before they went out the door. Well, that's the neat way to think about it because, you know, what you see is you see the Guerre des Etoiles and then right behind it you see the W just poking out just like, and it really is, like you get the sense that they were there in, in Toronto and just like, I don't care what it looks like, ship, ship, ship. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and they had such a, like a, the time to, uh, to hit the market was so behind these days with uh, with computers, right. they could get they could crank these things out very very quickly. But back then, a lot of it was manual, eh? you know, setting up all the typeface and all that. And uh, I'm not a I'm not a printing uh, expert by uh, by any means, but you can see how how they had uh, they created the packaging. And yeah, it was uh, from I was actually was able to track down one of the guys that worked on the packaging here in Canada. Really? And, uh he actually uh, explained a lot to me, saying that they didn't really get a lot of guidance from uh, from uh, from Irwin. They would basically say, you know, make this logo French and put this wording here. And <laughs> so you see some of these small differences uh, in the in the Canadian packaging that uh, you wouldn't normally see on uh, in, in other countries. Right. And uh, one of the glaring ones, and I think I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself here, but the. No, uh, go ahead. Was the, uh, the the battle damaged Tie Fighter from uh, Return of the Jedi? That's on my list of things to ask you about. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Where they had uh, they had uh, they corrected the English version of the logo, but the French <laughs> version they just left alone, and uh, it's uh, it still says Revenge of the Jedi in French. Right. Yeah, that's great. And and also an, another another Tie Fighter is the um, the Darth Vader's Tie Fighter, where they they misspell Guerre. They spell it right. Q, the Quaire, yeah. the <laughs> And as a French teacher who spends all day every day uh, grading people's spelling in French. Yeah, exactly. Okay, that, that's something that's on my wish list that uh, I, may, I may need to track down someday. Yeah. Um, and, and also, the uh, again, on your site, I love that what Coca-Cola did. Um, oh, yeah, you, yeah. You, you have the, the bottle caps there. Uh, yeah. And so what was the deal? Like you, you had to match certain ones up and they would give you money? Yeah, what it was was it was kind of like a little rebate offer, you know, like how in the old days where uh, you'd have like uh, you could win like say 15 cents off a Coke or something like that with the uh, on a like that's like a on on the lid it'd be printed on there, right? And it'd be like a, kind of a coupon, you know, more or less. With uh, the Star Wars thing, what you uh, what you had to do was uh, match the lids underneath uh, the caps, and uh, if you matched these. Uh, 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 the different pairings, you were able to get different levels of money off your next purchase. Right, and then yeah, so, so I think R2 and C3PO were matched together, and but I mean the uh, we were kind of laughing, and this is like back in 1978 dollars, eh? And right. here we are in the new millennium, looking at it saying, wow, you know, this isn't much of a contest at all. You know? <laughs> Fifteen cents Canadian. Woo. Yeah, I say, wow, you know, you haven't exactly hit the big time, you know. But right. uh, I guess as a, as, a, as a kid, that was something. So. Well, yeah, because I mean, you match Luke and Leia and win a dollar. I mean, yeah. back then that's got to be at least two or three cokes, right? Oh yeah, exactly. Because yeah. uh, remember when I was a kid, the uh, the actual the, the trading cards were uh, only a dime, and I can remember uh, going to school and like rifling through my coat and seeing if I could find like you know pennies and what I could find in uh, the uh, like living room couch, you know, to try to put enough coin together to actually get a couple of packs, you know. Right. Of, uh, right. 
So, yeah, as a kid, it would have been pretty big, but as an adult, I guess people were kind of seeing themselves, mm, I think I'll pass on this one. Right, not worth it. So are, are the are the Luke and the Leia more, value, more rare now because people actually exchange them in? Is there some kind of correlation? Yeah, or? I think off the top of my head, I think the Leia, I, that was the one that took me the longest to try to find. But uh, oddly enough, there are a lot of unused caps out there. Uh, huh. The ones that you do see on, uh, you know, like uh, eBay is an example, uh, a lot of them are actually unused caps, and uh, I got a whole box full of them too one time, and uh, huh. they weren't uh, none of them were used at all. Wow! So I just sat there one night pulling them all apart to see if I could find a lay, and I finally did. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a fun night. Oh yeah, great. <laughs> yeah, so so you said you you'd get it all together to try and buy a, a pack of cards. I assume you mean hockey cards. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. They were like Star Wars was number one. Hockey cards were number two. <laughs> it's actually you can you can reverse that for me because. Uh, oh yeah. Well, yeah. That's the the funny thing was you know in addition to uh, in many ways I was a Canadian child growing up because uh, what I collected most was hockey cards. That was oh, my that, right? that was my first collectible was a pack of 1982-83 OPC hockey cards. I don't know why. Oh, is that right? In Boston, Massachusetts, we got OPC. I remember yeah, looking right. at the back being like, why is it so bright? I don't – what's yeah. this French? What does this gardien mean? <laughs> but uh, I, I like that you, you feature that on your site too. Um, and how yeah, they, well, the, yeah, go ahead. The, the cards were uh, – I kind of look back, you know, when we were kids and there were the, – the collectibles that I guess seemed to resonate or had more value to us. Uh, seem to be the really cheap stuff, you know. Right. Uh, you know, like you get into the the day and age that we are now, and the whole manufactured collectible seems to be at the forefront. You know, like limited edition this, and you know, right. foil cover that. And but back then, uh, it really seemed to be like the really cheap stuff was what really kind of drove us the most. You know, like standing, like we remember standing in the the schoolyard and. You know, playing the you know the needed have it uh, you know with the with the trading cards with all of your right. friends, and then only to get back in a class after recess was over and have them confiscated because you were underneath the desk going through all of your <laughs> new uh, trades, eh? And you wouldn't get them back until the end of the school year. So yeah, it was uh, those uh, a lot of happy memories with those uh, with the cards. Yeah, yeah, I love the uh, the Obi One that you point out there. Oh, Ken. Yeah, Ken Kenobi. <laughs> I, I was thinking we should uh, try and find one of those for the uh, the uh, Elvis Trooper. Yeah, his, his name is Ken. This Ken exactly. Ken, Ken Kenobi. That's pretty funny. <laughs> um, well, and also as far as things that I saw that were related to uh, to the Star Wars era, uh, there's the very famous utility belts. Now, uh-huh. what I didn't realize is that those were. Um, so, if, if you don't know what they are out there in the audience, they're probably. The, some of the worst branded Star Wars toys ever made, would you say? <laughs> oh yeah, definitely. Very cheap, very cheap. Right. So there, there were three of them, right? There was Vader, who of course loves his his arms, his his yep, his pistols. Exactly. Uh, Leia, and then Luke, and uh, they're just really cheap plastic. I mean, have you ever do you have any memories of these as a kid, or do you do you know anyone who ever used to play with these? I never had any of them as a kid, and none of my friends had them either. I don't. <laughs> okay. I can't recall anybody in my class or anybody in my circle that actually ever bought any of these things. 
Right. They were they were really when I looked at them as a kid uh, when Star Wars first came out, I thought, oh, well, these are just like you know, like for like little preschoolers. They're not, uh, you know, I was I was way too mature for something like that. Uh, right. Ripe old age of nine. <laughs> right. <laughs> and, and they were just recycled. Was that the deal? They yeah. Were just... Essentially, uh, Remco would come out with a bunch of these superhero utility belts, uh, like the Hulk, Captain America, Spider Man, Batman, uh, you name it. There's a whole line of stuff. And uh, it was essentially the same type of thing for uh, Star Wars. So some of the, other than the lightsabers, um, the design of the belts, the Princess Leia's little walkie-talkie, uh, the watch, uh, they can be found in other uh, superhero belts as well, in other, uh, in other sets. But uh, these things were really, really poorly made. I actually bought one a long time ago, and I picked up the, the gun, uh-huh. And the glue had just, you know, become so dry, and it literally just <laughs> fell apart in my hand. All the all the pieces just <laughs> fell right down on the ground. I, you know, I couldn't get over, you know, the oh. the, the sheer, you know, like cheap quality of these things. They were terrible. Right. Yeah. That's that's pretty bad. You just pick it up and it disintegrates. Yeah. And you can tell, like, it hadn't been, you know, like, re-glued by anybody in the past. It was just the way it came out of the box. And I just opened it up, and bam, it was just like four or five different pieces on the ground. Wow. Wow, that's uh, that, that's pretty good. Yeah. Well, I mean, to, to be honest, there's so many other items from the Star Wars era that we could go through. I just kind of cherry-picked some of my favorite. Is there anything else you want to go to, or should we should we move on? I mean, I just uh, – there's yeah, so much great things. Like, uh, we were fortunate enough, too, here in the in Canada. It's funny, we, we got a lot of exclusive stuff, I guess you could say, out of, uh, uh, kind of out of necessity for, uh, you know, not being able to keep up with the states, like uh, the, for example, the Cloud City playsets and the, the Rebel, Rebel Command Center uh, playsets. Oh, okay, right. Um, Canada was late in getting the Cloud City playset out, and the Rebel Command Center, they didn't even bother to, uh, to, uh, to issue at all either. But they did make use of the actual figures, and as you're probably well aware of, they uh, they were the ones that were the the shrink wrap figures that came in the multi pack sets. Right. Okay. So, so, uh, so the reason that they made this actually segues really well right into the the Empire Strikes Back part. So so they had the figures left over from the play sets. Right. And then they just so that's why those are the figures that are in the shrink wrap. Yeah, that's right. They actually came out the same year that the American playsets came out so okay. as an example i think what i was mentioning before where canada needed that lead time to you know like bilingualize all of their packaging and you know get everything all printed up and, and such and packaged right um right. we couldn't meet the deadline for the years that the playsets came out okay. but since the figures were already made they what they did was say okay we'll take the figures Okay. But we needed, uh, you know, they needed a card to uh, to put them on because they're going to be uh, placed inside a, a multi-pack box. Right. So you couldn't just have like something loose, you know, like floating around in there. They just fall right out. So they came up with the idea of making uh, just this generic card, and then they shrink wrapped it uh, to uh, the, the figure to the card itself, and then just inserted it in with the regular uh, retail uh, release figures that had been previously released. And uh, just sold them in sets like that. So wow, they used yeah. that, that's shrink wrap figures to kind of generate more sales of old figures. So. Right. I, I never really put the two and two together that it was yeah. related to the the play sets themselves. Yeah, huh. yeah. It was. Uh, we got our we got our version of the Cloud City playset, but it came a later a year later in '81. Right. 
And I think when the Rebel Command Center came along, uh, Sears opted out of it. They didn't want to. They weren't interested here in Canada, so uh, we never actually got that play set here in Canada. But again, we got the figures uh, in uh, the same year. Well, the General Veers figure that uh, I guess is it's pretty well known out there. Right. And uh, yeah, so uh, it was funny because I was asking. Uh, I'd been in touch with a number of uh, former employees. Uh, from Irwin, and I was asking them, like, how did we, how come the names were so different, you know? So right. They would say, uh, well, they were like working names that they would get from uh, Kenner in the States, and then all on sometimes the uh, the names would be changed, uh, you know, by the time it uh, reached that the mass retail, like uh, General Veers had turned to Adat Commander. Right. But, uh, yeah, and you can actually see some of the evolutions of the name, uh, especially with the General Veers, because... Uh, the actual figure on the uh, nameplate was General Veers, mm-hmm. and then the catalog entry had him named as Adat Commander Veers. Right. And then when it was released later in the, the next year, he was just Adat Commander. So right. it's kind of neat. A year later, it was just Harold. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. But it was, it, that was another interesting thing, like uh, what I was mentioning before about like seeing things advertised on television. Right. These figures kind of came out of the blue. Like we didn't, I didn't even realize that they were being released at the time that the catalogs came out because they weren't going to be. We didn't, we didn't know until the next year, but they wouldn't be released till the following year. And I remember uh, at school being, uh, you know, on the playground, and one of my buddies came up to me and said, "Hey, Scott, you know, I've got a figure I bet you don't have." And I said, "Well, what one is it?" And uh, he pulled out uh, a lug knot from his uh, coat. Hey, I said. <laughs> Where did you get that? Because I recognized him from Empire Strikes Back. Right. But, you know, it hadn't been released yet, and you know, I haven't seen it advertised. And he said, "Oh, you gotta go to Sears. You know, they're in these sets." And he explained them to me. So he was one of the the first one of my friends. He was uh, one of the first uh, sources that ever told me about these things. Like I remember, you know, badgering my parents, "Oh, can we go over to Sears? I have to see these things." And wow. Yeah, we finally got going, and oh, wow, these are sets. You know, and uh, but and so th- they were in sets of how many? The the, the first ones were in a set of uh, seven, including the shrinkwrap figures. So one of the new figures, and then six old ones. Okay, so then one of the new ones was the shrinkwrap figure, and then six yeah. old figures. Yeah. So okay. and it was interesting too because uh, with all the figures that were out in 1980 when those when the, when they first uh, were released, uh, in addition to the shrinkwrap figures, they were able to get. I think it was five complete, yeah, five complete sets of seven, and huh. then uh, so, and then there was a, the thirty-second figure, which was Yoda, and he was, uh, I think they put him as one of the special offers that year in the Creature Cantina. So, it was a way to uh, kind of help boost all of the, the 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 sales of figures that might have been lying around in uh, in the warehouse. Right. If it had not been for these these packs, so it kind of helped huh. boost sales a little bit. But uh, I can remember again going into into the stores as a kid, and you know, people just wanted the, the brand new figures. So you'd see all the sets all ripped open, and that one <laughs> figure being missing, you know, and all the ones kind of scattered around on the floor. That's <laughs> so. terrible. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. That's quite. I didn't really, you know, because they're so valuable now. These shrink wrapped figures. Yeah. I just assumed that they were just kind of discarded. No one wanted them. I didn't realize that they were. Almost like a bait and switch. Like this is the fantastic new thing that you have to yeah. get. Yeah, and they're always available such a short in. time too. So. Wait, how long were they available? Do you know? Uh, they came out usually the uh, the catalog. It comes out late September, early October, so around the fall, and then early into uh, the, the the following year. Because uh, uh, 
in the when it spills over into the next year, usually it's it's all the Christmas stock that's been bought up, and there's right. not usually a lot of these floating around. So uh, yeah, it was mainly for the Christmas buying season, so they weren't well, around for too too long. Wow, this is that's neat getting some dates to this, like understanding yeah. why the GDEs are so rare and the, and the transitions are so rare. Yeah. I, I have one Canadian question that's always kind of bugged me. Yeah, shoot. Do, do you have a theory? Okay, so then there were the 21 backs, right, which right. have the, the bilingual uh, offer for the Bosque figure. Right. Why are there so many Boba Fetts, relatively? Interesting, yeah. I never really paid much attention to that. Uh he was available as a uh, as a pack in to the uh, uh, to the slave one as well. So you don't know whether or not maybe these were kind of you know held over from uh, the special offers, right? Because uh, the previous car back he was on here in Canada was uh, the twenty back, and right. we, we didn't have a Star Wars twenty one here in Canada. So the mail away was just had just finished he'd come out on the uh on the 20 back in the, in the in the late fall so i think maybe since he was supposed to be the the latest and greatest character in the empire strikes back i think uh you know maybe he had uh they just made a lot of a lot of popularity so they uh they cranked him out okay just because i've been you know I, I love 21 backs and i love Canadian stuff, and it just seems to me there's way more Boba Fetts than anything else, and that's the only yeah. time I can think of Boba Fett being less rare than other yeah, things. Yeah, yeah, so. it's true. It, it is the easiest one to find. Right. And then kind of moving into – moving through the movies here. This is great, though. Maybe we should have a, a, another uh, another talk yeah. later on. Part uh, two. <laughs> <laughs> as far as Jedi, uh, I think the place to start with Jedi is the, is the transition backs. Uh huh. Um, so, so that was that was a question of overstock, right? So they took the Empire Strikes Back figures they had left over, and they just slapped Re- uh, Return of the Jedi stickers on top, right? Yeah, essentially. Um, <sighs> if you look back uh, in the late '82, early '83, there was a whole bunch of uh, mail away offers coming out in uh, in the states. So what? There was the Display Arena. Mm-hmm. There was Foil OM. There was Admiral Akbar, and there was uh, Neon Nub, uh, all within, what, about a year, year and a half or so? Right. And, again, with the lead time to get the Canadian stuff printed and out there, it took a long time. So they found that, you know, the, the, the U.S. was really moving along, and they were getting way ahead of us. So they were saying, well, like, how can we take advantage of this offer? Because, like, we're, we're really, really behind. We're about six months behind now. So huh. what they did was they said, oh, okay, we'll just print up uh, stickers over uh, – slap them on these cards and uh, just reissue them back out into the stores, you know, so they can take advantage of them. So it uh, it really worked. There was uh, a lot of these things that uh, that were out in stores, and people, from what I see, really took advantage of it uh, as well. What, what do you mean by as you see? Like as, as far as like used card backs or? Yeah, used card backs. There's a lot of them lying around. Uh, of course, my friends too, you know, people talking about, you know, taking advantage of the offer, saying that I'd send mine in as well. Uh, it's funny. I just picked up um, uh, a Canadian mail-in uh, uh, Admiral Akbar from uh, a lady in southern Ontario just about a month ago or so, and huh. uh, it still had like her mailing address on it and things like that. So it was uh, it really uh, the, the offers in Canada were pretty popular for the most part. Right. Huh. Do, do you think that people in Canada have an affinity for Hoth? And Hoth-related collectibles? <laughs> yeah, you think so. Eh? <laughs> uh, I, uh, we get a lot of jokes about that up here. Uh, right. Of course, I don't know if uh, 
uh, you've heard of there's one uh, one site that it's basically devoted to uh, newer stuff, but it's called uh, Snow Troopers, and it's basically a Canadian uh, site up here. Right, I but, saw that. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. There's uh, there's a lot of uh, interest in uh, the the uh, the hot stuff, and I'm, I'm telling you too. When we used to uh, when Empire Strikes Back was it, we used to have uh, in the playground a lot of um, uh, you know rebels versus the uh, snowtroopers uh, fights with the snowballs and things like that. Right. So, yeah, especially when they had uh, when they we'd have a heavy snowfall and uh, the the plows would come in and. Uh, push the uh, snow aside so we'd have like forts on either side you know and uh, right. we'd be lobbing snowballs back <laughs> and forth until we got caught by the teachers and you know sent inside for detention so right. yeah it's, uh hawk was always uh, a main focus up here well i can tell you since since moving here to rochester uh i am so appreciative of empire strikes back everything with my kids is now like oh look it's a probot you know, yeah. <laughs> just trying to make some excuse while waiting in the freezing cold for the bus. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Um, well, that's cool. I mean, and uh, as far as the, the websites that are out there, there's yours. And I will read it. It's uh, web.ncf.ca backslash cn333 backslash starwars.htm. That's right. Yeah. It's an awful. If you just type uh, Bradley... Let me, wait, let me think. I think if you just type Brad, uh, Scott Bradley. You just put down Canadian Star Wars and it should Canadian pop up someplace. <laughs> Star Wars. If you type in, there you go. It's the, first, it's the third one, the fourth link on Google if you type in Scott Bradley Canadian Star Wars. <laughs> no way. And, uh, well, I mean, it's, it's totally worth checking out because the, Different Womp, sizes. Rat, the, the Womp Rat site by, uh, I don't know how to pronounce it. It's Michael. Sh- yeah, Mike, you've sh- got a great sh- site. Sh- 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 Showman? Sure. <laughs> showman? It's like a Welsh name, right? I, I think it's Showman. Uh... Showman, yeah, okay. Yeah, that's also another I could be wrong, say. too. Michael Michael has to correct us. Right, okay. We'll see if, he, if he's a listener. <laughs> but uh, And then I guess, finally, you're going to have to get ready for the So Be It lightning round. Are you ready? Sure. So be it. All right. What would you say is your best collecting moment? Best collecting moment. Now, this is a bit of a long story. I uh, have a lot of uh, really special collecting moments, but I think uh, the best was one that ties with the past. Uh, the very, very first figure that I ever got was R2-D2 in February of 1978, and I bought that, or my, my parents bought that for me, at uh, the Eden's uh, location in uh, the Eden Center in Toronto. I've now, Flash forward many, many years, and um, I was uh, in contact with uh, one of the uh, Irwin brothers not uh, too long ago, and he had a bunch of uh, uh, sample figures that they had used at uh, the Canadian Toy Fair as well as their showroom here or down there in Toronto. Wow. And um, I was able to buy a few of them, and one was R2-D2. So I uh, was going to be in Toronto, so I said, well... I'll, uh, if you want, like, I'll meet you for lunch, and I'll, uh, and I'll pick it up from you in person. So I was able to, uh, I didn't actually meet one of the Irwin brothers, but it was one of his associates that I had met. And uh, so we went out for lunch, and it just happened to be across the street from the Eaton Center, where many, <laughs> many years ago I had bought that R2-D2. So, you know, we'd, uh, you know, change pleasantries, and we kind of shot the breeze for a while over lunch, and... So uh, he gave me the R2-D2, the, uh, the sample, and uh, I said to myself, you know, on my way back to uh, the hotel, I'm just going to take a shortcut through uh, where the old Eatons used to be, and it's a, it's a Sears now. 
So I went through there, and I kind of, you know, I was walking through there having this R2-D2 in my hand, and, you know, knowing that this was the, uh, the one of the original samples that they used to sell the line here in Canada in 1978, right. and then knowing that I was in the same store that I had <laughs> bought that, or had that first figure bought for me uh, many, many years ago, I just kind of... Yeah, it gives you the you know the warm fuzzies, you know. It's pretty well, yeah, cool. that that's great because it's both ends of collecting. It's like why yeah. you collect, and then what kind of came full circle. Yeah, yeah, totally full circle. That's a great story. Wow, I mean, it's amazing. It's a true story. It's so good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, it'll be hard to top that one. But if you were a vintage collectible, what would you be? Oh, wow. <laughs> We've had some good answers to this one, but it, yeah, it, it, it's not going to top your best collecting moments, so don't even sweat it. <laughs> okay. Uh, maybe the Darth Vader figure. He was just because he was one of my favorites as, uh, as a child. All right. So do you think that maybe reflects some dark part of yourself? <laughs> you never know. You never know. I don't <laughs> think uh, I'm more light side than I am uh, dark side, uh, or so I like to think. But, uh, yeah, I, I think it was more because he was a really, really cool character. Uh, Darth Vader was and still is my favorite character from the movie. Right. And then what, what is, uh, among the things that you don't have, what is the thing you most want? What is your, your grail uh, item? It would probably be that uh, GDE Chewbacca. I knew you were yeah. going to say that, Scott. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but the, the main thing uh, that uh, I'd like to get. And then finally, uh, it's the, the famous burning house question. So if your house was burning, what one Star Wars item would you take? You can't say, you know, your family or pets or anything because that doesn't yeah. One thing, I try to grab the original 12 figures. Okay. I think they have the, 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 the most significance uh, and a lot, of, uh, a lot of memories attached to those things with, you know, friends and family who were, uh, who were, uh, who were here back at the time, you know. And, uh, so so a lot you mean of, like, like carded Canadian 12 no, bags? No, my childhood figures, the loose okay. ones. Your childhood uh, figures, okay. Yeah. All right, well, that's... Uh... Uh, that's always a good answer. It's always you never quite know what someone's going to say, and usually yeah. I think Brock did that last last month too, where he said a whole bunch of things. Like, what's yeah, the yeah. one thing you would do? Well, I take an armful of. Hey, wait a minute. And then I go back in and. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, awesome, Scott. This has been great. Um, well, thank you very much, I, and I, 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 I just want to congratulate you on your uh, one year anniversary. You oh, and thanks. Steve uh, as well. Yeah. Fantastic job. You have the great work. I always enjoy uh, listening in to. Uh, the uh, the Kive cast uh, every month. It's just it's just great. You guys do really great work. Awesome. Well, yeah. Actually, in five minutes, uh, we're gonna start recording next month. So. Oh wow! Yeah, no rest uh, for the wicked, eh? No, no. Yeah, I'm gonna actually, and in, in your honor, I've been uh, drinking a, a Molson Canadian. So, uh, <laughs> Way to go! I may have to grab another one of those to make sure that I'm uh, pr- perfect. Have a couple. Uh, calm. Yeah. But don't drink and drive. No, no. I'm I'm at home. <laughs> <laughs> All right, awesome. Well, thank you so much, Scott, and hopefully we'll uh, we'll talk again. Perfect. Thanks very much for the opportunity, Scott. I really appreciate it. All right, so there's our interview with Scott. As you, uh, you haven't had a chance to listen to it yet, but there's a lot more to come, I think, uh, from Canada because we just skimmed the surface in that 40 minutes. So. That's great, man. Yeah, pretty awesome. Well, let's uh, let's let's get on to our our feedback section. Um, now here we don't have a, a drop, so all you folks who are all mad about all the drops can just take it easy, <laughs> because uh, I don't think we should ever have a feedback drop. But I would like you to call us 
Uh, and by call us, I mean email us. Um, one of the emails we did get was from Bob, the Luke Jedi collector. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, he, he suggested a, another way of getting a voicemail box, um, which was very appreciated. And I showed him the appreciation by not responding to his email and doing nothing about it. <laughs> Sky, you come on, man. <laughs> I know. I know. Well, hey, Bob, you're out there listening now, so you know I got the email. Um, that's just what I'll do. I'll start a podcast for everybody that I forget to respond to by email. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so that's uh, that's kivecast at gmail dot com, and we'll maybe try and set up a, a new Wampa line. You got to revive that thing if you can, man. I... <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, that, that that was definitely good. I just got too discouraged. Um, yeah, we had a lot of lot of lot of great response to our one year anniversary show. Uh, yes, I mean, how did how did you did you just feel the love just pouring out, Steve? <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty crazy that it's been a year and that this many people really, you know, care about it. So it's it's great. I mean, yeah, it, it I never was... w- I never would have thought. I mean, I just I really didn't know what to expect. And so when we first started, I did not picture us being here right now doing it. So it's it's great. Yeah, I, I it's it's hard to. Yeah, it was really appreciated, and the things that that really make it worth it, you know, are just people saying they listen to it. Whenever I see a name that I haven't seen before posting, you know, like someone who, yeah, 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 who just, I, you know, who I don't know is on there, and we're reaching the point, you know, last last month I was complaining that uh, more people talked about how old their computers were. Well, I mean, <laughs> uh, you know, this thread about our last episode has been bumped and bumped and bumped, and it's it stayed pretty close to the top for a good couple of weeks. So, yeah, uh, you know, that's, that's, it's that, encouraging. It's encouraging. It's really encouraging. Yeah. No, no, let's <clears throat> see. I think it was all because of Brock, dude. Get your girl <laughs> Brock was He's awesome. the star. He was the star. I mean, <laughs> I mean, to tell you the Scott steals the show too, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, that was, uh, it, it was hard to beat Brock. Um, yeah. Great but, interview. But yeah, I mean, I mean, Jared set up like a, he made a little image of, uh, I don't quite get it, Steve. Was that like a hunchback with a Jawa? It's, it... You know, I'm going to tell you what, what that is exactly because I'm kind of weird. I used to collect the uh, Decipher uh, collectible card game. All right. And uh, that's that's an image from one of the cards. And I forgot which one it was, but uh, it's some hunchback dude on, on uh, Tatooine. And I love that he, he superimposed headphones and our logo yeah. on the back <laughs> of the guy's shirt. It's just... It's. I mean, I never would have thought of that. So it's it's great. Yeah, no, it was very cool. I didn't understand the image. Like, if there wasn't a job yeah. right there, I would have been like, "What is this, Quasimodo?" Yeah. Yeah. See, <laughs> uh, it's just so random that I I noticed it right away and I knew exactly what it was. I hadn't seen that in years, but I I remembered because I was always so obsessive about those damn cards. <laughs> so wow. I, I knew what it was. Well, but, and, then, uh, and then Matthias made the uh, one year old today poster. Birthday cake. Yeah, that's great. That's just. <laughs> Nothing's better than having a great graphic designer on your side. Uh, and then uh, let's see, see some more. And then what was, what was interesting, Steve, is what was the one name we didn't say on our one-year anniversary? Yes. Bum, bum, bum. Chris Jorgulius. That's right. He didn't say. <laughs> and, and and so he kind of he kind of came at us swinging. <laughs> Not really. He just gave us constructive advice. But uh, he suggested that we do more stuff that isn't uh, um, 
that isn't just yeah. isn't just Kenner, and that maybe a little bit less fantasy baseball and cricket updates, and maybe a little bit more talk about collectibles. <laughs> yeah, and uh, I I take what he says very seriously, and I I think he's right. But uh, it was yeah, that's it's sound advice. <laughs> it's sound advice, and we're we're moving towards that. Although I will never give up cricket. It's my it's my passion, Steve. Until the baseball season starts, then it's, it doesn't exist anymore, right? Yeah, exactly. But yeah, I mean, lots of uh, lots of really good threads. I loved uh, Ollie from France. He did the the Wampa with the Happy Birthday. I mean, with a little cricket for dummies book. I mean, the, the level of detail is very sweet. Yeah, it is. It's it's cool, man. I can't believe it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, really, there's just a bunch. This is a real, yeah. a real bunch. And then on top of that, there was a pretty active um, – thanks to, to Lobart. Again, we, we wish him well on his uh, his sick bed. Road to recovery, yeah. His road to recovery. Yeah. He cleaned up the blog. So that's another way you can yeah, contact that's right. the Kivecast. Is, uh, it used to just have those terrible, terrible spamming things. <laughs> but what was that one you liked so much, Steve? Uh, this is over and done with. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Huh? Now what's over and done with? Thirteen Spam, months later, man. you jerks. <laughs> We're still here. Finally, retribution. <laughs> yeah. So you know, there's there's a lot of good, uh, a lot lot of good. There's eleven comments. I mean, that's that's a bunch. And they're all legitimate comments. <laughs> yeah, they're all legitimate yeah. comments. That's where where Matthew Jones said that the the music was a little bit much. What do you think, yeah. Steve? This is a this is real like the the sound clips, you know, the the stingers and stuff to in me, between yeah. clips. But the songs underneath, yeah. I have to admit, I think that I I'm skeptical yeah. when I put those on. Yeah, yeah, I think what's really tough with those uh, is uh, to me it's like almost like a matter of volume because uh, I'll notice sometimes it uh and I don't know how how exactly you control it or whatever, but uh, the song will all of a sudden kind of overtake what we're talking about. Right. And if you listen to like sports radio or any, you, you'll hear songs in the background, but it's just, I think to me, it's all a matter of volume control and they don't do it for everything. I just think for, you know, certain things it's probably applicable, but um, I mean, I agreed with what he said about it overtaking conversation a bit. So it's, right. I think it's a good idea. It's just a matter of uh, doing it in moderation, I guess, and, and just controlling the volume. Yeah, I, what happens is, you know, I, I edit these things myself, so I usually wind up hearing it two or three times, and then by that time, yeah. I start to get bored with what I'm hearing, so I start to think like, oh, <laughs> I, I better spruce this up, when really, I could, or sprue it up, um, and I, I could probably just leave it without the music underneath, because if you're listening to a Star Wars podcast, you're not going to be bored listening to a Star Wars collectible podcast, so, <laughs> so I agree, but then he yeah. said... Uh, but th- then he really led into me about my uh, about the Kenner News thing. He said it sounds like stuff he did on the Casio keyboard back in the late '80s. Maybe that's the point. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's James Brown. So uh, <laughs> you know, Casio keyboard. But yeah, I, I know the news one. No one likes the news one. But uh, I had someone from from Finland say how much they liked it. Lots of uh, well wishes. I, wait, wait, hold on a second. They don't like the news one. I, I. I didn't think there was anything wrong with that one. Oh, it's but, a little bit obnoxious, yeah. dude. Kenner news, Kenner news. No, 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 no. I mean, a little <laughs> bit of it's okay, but even I, uh, yeah. even I accept that one's kind of obnoxious. <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah, lots of. Uh, it seems to me that what people really like is the interviews, and uh, yeah, and uh, that, that's it's a good thing. 
and, and now that we've uh, now that we've really figured out a little bit better how to like now we can interview people together. Maybe we can get more on it. Really, the the, yeah. the thing is, it's just hard for me during the week to just ever find time to think about emailing people or, or get things going. No, it's uh, I hear you, man. It's uh, <laughs> we uh, we have pretty crazy busy <laughs> lives outside of podcasting. Yes, but uh, it is outside of podcasting. <laughs> But yeah, I think uh, I think we can we can wrap it up, and next next month we'll move on to Leia. Um, not literally, not literally, but on to the figure of Leia. Uh, and I think just as we are going to press here, Steve, Joey Glacius has posted his Moss Josley, whatever he calls it, uh, Joe's Isley, Mossy Glacius, Mossy Glacius, yes. <laughs> Mossy Glacius. That's. <laughs> Uh, that's good. And uh, that's going to require a little bit of processing, and I think that might make it into the news for March uh, as we end in here. So that's a little bit of a teaser for you. Um, I have to admit, Steve, I haven't been keeping up with cricket. Um, oh, boy. Let's uh, – uh, I'm let's, guilty also. <laughs> let's see. Cricket scores. Put that into – all right, so quickly, Kenya versus Pakistan. Who do you want to win? Kenya. All right. I, 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 if Pakistan doesn't win, I'm going to die. <laughs> uh, Pakistan won by 205 runs. Wow. Oh, yeah. So much for that. Umar Akmal <laughs> totally carried it. Way to go, Umar. Wow. I had a lot of money riding on that. I, I think the over was like 200, so I'm, I'm okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, it's almost oh. baseball season. Oh, hey, and uh, Brock tells us that at least one person signed up for the the uh, the fantasy baseball league because of the oh, podcast. Awesome. So we just we we're still needing one more, right? Yeah. Hey, so hey, we need if, if you're hey. out there and, and you're you're on the fence, come on and join. We, we need more Wampa power, and, and we want people yeah. who who aren't Yankees fans, right? Right, Steve. <laughs> It's like everyone. I'm going there. neutral, man. I I go Swiss because you guys oh, you're two geez. good friends and you're on two sides of the war, man. Yeah, I know. <laughs> That'll do it. <laughs> That'll do it. Well, um, uh, I, I'm glad that you. I'm glad that everyone out there cares. Steve, do you care? Absolutely. Yes, I care too. All right, Wampa Wampa. I care. Adios. But this Star Wars early bird certificate package is in stores with its colorful Star Wars picture display band and certificate. This podcast is not endorsed by Lucasfilm Limited, Hasbro Toys, or 20th Century Fox, and is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. The official Star Wars site can be found at www.starwars.com. The official Hasbro site can be found at www.hasbro.com. Star Wars Hall names and sounds of Star Wars characters and any other Star Wars related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited or the respective copyright and trademark holders. All original content of this podcast is the intellectual property of the Star Wars Collector's Archive, unless otherwise indicated.